literally I, I had some experiences with someone that I had a relationship with on one of the ships and he just opened my eyes to so much. I had no idea that I would like some of the things that I liked. I had no idea that I would enjoy the discipline, the direction, the submission. I had no idea that I would like to be bound. I had no idea that I would like so many things that he introduced me to. Like even just talking about it now, I'm so fond of that person in that relationship because I, you know, we knew our relationship was going to be short lived, but it just had such a major impact in how I view myself. And I remember, you know, leaving that person's cabin and being like, how the hell did I not know that about myself? And that was really some defining moments were around that where I was like, how much further can I go? But it was also, you know, when that relationship was ending, because we knew that it would, there was grief in how the hell do I recreate that? Welcome back to another episode of Get Psyched. My name's Lindsay, and today I am sitting down with that sex chick, Alexa Bowditch. I'm so excited. We've had just kind of a sex and love co community making its way through the Get Psyched podcast. And I couldn't be more excited because they are all such incredible individuals and have contributed directly to my own personal development, my sexual development, and my curiosity around the subject. Alexa has always spoken very freely, very openly, and very publicly about her sexual development and how that's carried over to personal development. Today, we talk about conscious kink. We talk about discussing desire with your partner and Alexa's want, will, won't list. It is such a fun list, something I totally suggest doing with your partner. And I've linked all the ways to get a hold of that in the show notes. As always, you know, I was sipping on a salty, delicious element during today's episode and grapefruit is officially back. I have put it all in the show notes, how to get your hands on it. It is a limited time flavor and it went so quickly last summer. I ordered a ton because it is so, so, so good. And when I know I can only get my hands on it once a year, I stock up. So be sure to get my favorite flavor, grapefruit element using the link in the show notes until next week. Enjoy the show. So before each show, I like kind of run through my head what my little intro to somebody is going to be. And the only thing other than awesome, incredible sex and love coach that I could get in my head was I wanted so badly to just sing. Alexa, bow, 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 bow it. <laughs> that was, that was my intro that I had going today. So I'm so excited, Alexa, that you're here for people that are tuning in. Alexa Bowditch is on the show and it feels so cool to say Bowditch now. We might oh go down. Gosh. I don't know. I don't know why I never thought of this before, but as you went to sing that, I was like, Alexa, what is how, yeah, we can, we could have so many puns. We got to get Jordan in here. I don't know how I've never thought about that. Wow. There we go. Probably because it's been my last name for like four months. Exactly. We'll have all the puns. I'll just start texting you the ones that come to mind now. Great. Um, anyway, for people that don't know, Alexa is that sex chick founder, boss bitch of sex and love co. Um, and I'm so excited to have her on the show because she 
does a lot, but more than anything that I have noticed is speaks so freely and so vulnerably about her story and strips the shame that so many of us tend to feel around our sexuality. So I know that that's quite a vague intro, but Alexa, I'm so happy to have you on the show and curious how your sexual development is so tied into what you are doing for people's personal development. Ooh, great question. I, I figured some things out in my twenties that, you know, on, on my, on my path to 30 and continuing the, the, the journey of like, Oh, I think I know everything. (laughs) Wait, you mean we don't? Right. That's like the trajectory, right? Like just after college, it's like, I think I mostly are like going in college. I think I have it all figured out. Right. This is, this is life. Right. Uh, no, I left college and traveled pretty extensively and about for about six years lived on cruise ships and travel was incredible personal development. Being from a really small town in South Louisiana, growing up mostly Catholic ish, uh, getting exposure to the rest of the world was so hard, expanding, eye opening and challenging. And so for the six years that I was traveling on ships, I visited roughly 79 countries and was super challenged and awe-inspired by the whole thing. And towards the end of my time, I started being challenged by other things in my development and growth and my place in the world and my purpose. And what am I doing here? What am I doing with my life? And feeling uh, just really challenged by heart stuff, like heartache mm. and heartbreak and not really feeling like I understood, you know, I, I leaned into personal development towards the end of my time on ships. And this is like the later part of my twenties and, uh, started finding personal development books and resources and things like that started growing, started taking my health sincerely, my mindset sincerely connection to spirituality, kind of reclaiming what spirituality meant to me after really pushing away uh, Catholicism and and even Christianity and just like wanting to find my unique place, climb out of the box and into what am I creating? And uh, I found myself really challenged by matters of the heart and matters of the genitalia. So it was like anything that had to do with a, a, a person that I was attracted to, it was like all of this growth and development that I was doing wasn't necessarily translating. I would feel on top of the world in my day to day. I'd feel really clear. I'd feel empowered. And then, you know, a person that I found mildly attractive would come into the room and I'd be like 14 again and (laughs) know what to do here. And, you know, my upbringing being from where I'm from and my mom being married five times, and, but my grandparents being married until, you know, their until my grandfather passed that, that was there the year of their 50th wedding anniversary. It was like, I got a lot of mixed messages. Yeah. And so I just really didn't know what I was supposed to do with sex, with love, with relationships, any of that. And eventually some things clicked for me. And I'm, I feel very fortunate that I was able to make the, these connections that, oh, when I lean into learning about who I am and my sexuality, everything in my life becomes clearer. When I honor who I am, when I, when I give myself permission to seek, when I give myself permission to be curious and I actually explore and I use my words and I use my body and, and, and I use my body in a way that feels good 
for me on many levels on a mental, emotional, physical, spiritual level, then like my whole world is affected by that. And so I started absorbing as much sexual development is what I affectionately call it now, sexual development materials I could possibly get my hands on. And over time, my experiences, whether they were at a darker time or maybe a lighter time or a more exploratory time in my life, I started writing about those things mm. publicly, which my deep South Louisiana mom was like, oh my God, what are you doing? What are you doing? I'm already ba- the baby of the family and like the one that's going to go rogue. So it, it's like, oh, what, you know, the family's kind of like, well, what is Alexa doing now? And, uh, <laughs> oh, oh Lord. You know, it's kind of like that. So um, we'll pray for her. We'll pray for her. Oh, mom's great. She's been, on, <laughs> she, she's been on my show. She's episode one of my podcast, which is titled that sex chick. So it's like, she's so good now. It's been a lot of time. So she's, she's on terms with it now. I'm more so meant, I think that's what the family, the, the Louisiana family was probably saying, oh, we'll pray. We'll pray. For yeah. Instead of figuring yeah, it out. Sort of, <laughs> you know, they're, I said Catholic-ish, they're pretending like, and they know, like, <laughs> you know, I think they're not even pretending anymore. Like when I was a kid, it was, it was legit and it was, you know, sort of felt and it was anyway, but now it's just kind of comical. Um, you know, cause I go to my mom, I'm like, why did you, why was that so prevalent in my childhood? And now it's just not, she's like, well, I thought I was doing the right thing. I thought I was giving you structure. And so kudos to her. She thought she was doing what was the best for me. And so anyway, you know, I, I start writing and sharing and creating community around this subject. Uh, and then eventually it turned into fast forward five years. Cause we've been doing this now for five, over five years, about five and a half years now. Um, and it's a whole brand and business and movement to help people feel liberated, to give them permission. So it's by, you know, everybody who works for sex and love co now, my instruction to them is we essentially help people through our own journeys and where I've, I've experienced professionals in this space and, and mental health and sexual wellness and all of that they remove their story from the experience and just use their knowledge and their expertise and say, come to me and I can help you. And and it's, you know, they kind of remove some of the personal aspects of it. And so my instruction to the team is to be, live your story out loud and let people feel like you're a safe place. Like you've been through what they've been through on some level and people can land here and there's no judgment. And I, I, I share this every so often where I'm like, it would take a lot, like a lot, a lot for me to hear someone say a thing that they're turned on by a thing that they've done, a thing that they're maybe even ashamed of. And for me to feel something in my nervous system where I'm actually moved or triggered or, or need to go regulate myself. Like I I've just grown my capacity of wonder and awe, even in the things that are kind of dark you know, on some level. And I'm not just talking about BDSM. I'm talking about like real, real dark stuff. Um, that stuff that's just like people are deep, deep level ashamed of. And so it just, it takes, a, it would take a lot for me to really be moved and to feel some kind of judgment at this point, because I've really stretched my capacity to hold people in, in this area of their lives. And so I I'd like to think that over time, our whole company is that where it's like, you come to us and we hold you and we're like, yeah, what else do you, what else do you have? And what do you want to learn now? And how do you want to reclaim this thing or take back this area in your life? And it's kind of funny because, you know, it's, 
it's sex, but like I mentioned, it translates to so much outside of just the things that you do in the bedroom. Yeah. And I'm really curious how, especially like you tap into that background, right? Small town, it was travel that really broke you out of that paradigm, exposed you to so many other things in the world. What was the moment or that time where you made that aha connection where it was like, Ooh, there's this, I turn into this 14 year old. I don't know how to interact with someone I'm attracted with my, you know, myself in my early twenties or mid twenties would have been like, and I'm still just going to avoid discomfort. (laughs) I'm not going to go lean into it. What, what allowed you to lean into that and get curious about it? Well, I definitely think that living on cruise ships, uh, shaped, it helped to shape me into a person that had to roll with the punches and, and really open up to new things very quickly because I had to acclimate and accommodate. And I was the minority a lot of times when I lived as a, as a crew member. Now the people who were on the ships were usually American, but as a crew member, I was usually out of maybe a thousand crew members, there were 10 Mm. Americans. And so just getting really comfortable with, I am, I'm used to in my day to day to being around a lot of people who are like me, think like me, act like me, move like me, speak like me, all of that. And now I'm with so many people who think differently and they think differently about sex and casual sex. And they think differently about love and intimacy and, and the meanings that, you know, people from all over the world, the meanings that they've been molded into making like the people that they are, then the meanings that they make about certain situations are just different than what mine might be. And so it's like, Mm -hmm. Oh, these are other options for how I can act and move and breathe and experience the world. Um, so eventually my time on ships led me to, I guess, continuing to roll with the punches more or less. And I also like developed kind of bad coping mechanisms at times where like things were challenging and I had to go with the punches and I had to override my system and still just go with the flow. And, but like everything in me wanted to lock up. And so, you know, I would drink heavily or I would choose bad food or I wouldn't take care of myself. I wouldn't get sleep, all that stuff. But eventually I, I had some, you know, moments with myself where it's like, you gotta get your shit together. Mm. And, uh, and eventually that, that next level of got to get your shit together led me to the exploration and led me to like grounded, authentic, empowered exploration versus just like stumbling into stuff and being like, Oh, that didn't feel good after, which was a lot of my life before. Mm. So the guess and check. (laughs) Yeah. The, the moment that you're speaking of is really, and I have a whole podcast about it and it's, and, uh, it's episode number two, actually, <laughs> it's how BD- BDSM changed my life forever. And I met someone that I'm so fortunate that my first experience into kink and BDSM, which I had no idea what any of that stuff was. I had to look it up after I was like, what the hell just happened? <laughs> I, literally. I, I had some experiences with someone that I had a relationship with on one of the ships and he just opened my eyes to so much. I had no idea that I would like some of the things that I liked. I had no idea that I would enjoy the discipline, the direction, the submission. I had no idea that I would like to be bound. I had no idea that I would like so many things that he introduced me to. And um, like even just talking about it now, I'm so fond of that person in that relationship because I, you know, we knew our relationship was going to be short-lived but it just had such a major impact in how I view myself. And I remember 
you know, leaving that person's cabin and being like, how the hell did I not know that about myself? Mm. What else is in there? And that was really some defining moments were around that. Or I was like, how much further can I go? But it was also, you know, when that relationship was ending, because we knew that it would, there was grief in how the hell do I recreate that? How do I get that again? Am I, am I, is sex ruined for the rest of my life? Like, how do I re, how do I create those experiences again? So I've also been on a journey of, of even since then is how do I make my life more like this? Not just the sex and not just the kink, but how do I make my life more, uh, let's say creative in a sense of like, I'm constantly learning like, oh, I didn't know that I liked that. So like, again, beyond just the sex stuff. Yeah. How did you have that? Exp- I'm trying to put myself in that experience. Um, and cause we, with the exception of that, it was a tiny Louisiana town and a tiny California town. Like I came with all of the sex shame that you could probably imagine. And so I'm trying to put myself in that situation. And I think after leaving that myself and maybe others listening, might not have had that curiosity response. There might've been some shame, right? Like, Ooh, why did I like that? Right. The world for a long time has told me I wasn't supposed to like that. Uh, what was that experience like? Uh, the experience of like post post this introduction. I'm, uh, I'm imagining, cause I've listened to episode two guys <laughs> right after this, go and listen to it. Um, and maybe I was listening to it while I was driving. I was like, I need to pull over for a second, like take a few deep breaths, <laughs> um, <laughs> regulate, keep going. Um, but I'm very curious if you did have that same kind of, there was a curiosity of, oh, I want more, but was there ever yeah. that little voice of like, but you're not supposed to. Yeah. And I have it all the time. Oh, little you do. Oh, okay. Yeah. I want to hear, I want to so hear more about there's it. A little, there's a little voice that, that creeps up and is playing in the back, back of my mind that all of this is wrong and dirty. It's not supposed to be this way. That my life, my existence as a wife now is solely for my husband's pleasure. Mm. And my body has a purpose for him and to have our children. And that it takes me out of it essentially. You know, and like that every now and then, it comes, it does, it's not that clear of a message that comes through my mind, but it's in little tiny microseconds right before I make a decision or right before I do something that that's like a little, like the tiniest little drop of that comes up. And every now and then I can see it. I can, I can witness it and I go, nope. And I just watch it just go right through my psyche and out, you know, it's kind of like one in side of the brain out the other side and let it go. And sometimes I realize that I'm actually doing something. I'm like, uh, and then I'll question myself. I'm like, what is, what's holding me back here? Do I agree with that thing? So a lot of self-awareness, like a lot of self-awareness has certainly been cultivated and it's for sure a lifelong journey of what's the next layer and the next level I can go, the next layer deeper, the next level I can go with the self-awareness and how I act, how, how I choose to act because it is all a choice. And sometimes it is so painful to make a choice that is, Uh, that is for my truth and against what I was told to believe, what I believed at one point, it can be so painful and everything just like wants to say no. And I'm like, but me saying no to this thing is saying no to who I really truly am and saying yes to the things that I've, I've been trying to unravel. I've been unraveling. 
So I, I do feel those kinds of things every so often. Um, little moments of shame, especially like in my head, if I'm with, let's say my husband and I'll think a really, you know, quote unquote, dirty thing. Like I'll think a thing, but I won't say the thing. And I'm like, oh, you're so funny right now that you won't say this thing because this is your husband. And I also will mention that there were times in my life where I was choosing to do things, whether that be having, you know, having a sexual experience with someone that I knew it wasn't a great, it wasn't a great choice that I felt more shame when the whole experience was, let's say, outside of the fact that I was having sex outside of marriage, everything else was normal, fine, and good. Maybe a little bit of alcohol, the sex was pretty straightforward, all that where I felt low and felt shameful and felt like I was leaving emptier and not more fulfilled. So Mm -hmm. I have felt that in very kind of straightforward, vanilla, type experiences and even in relationships choosing to do things because they were manipulative because I thought I could get some something from the person leveraging my sexuality you know those things didn't feel good now fast forward into consensual negotiated kinky experiences and the shame that might come up is very different uh and so you know it's something that I'm i I'm so down and excited to navigate moving into the future because at least when I leave experiences now, I feel fulfilled and the, the shame part just might look and feel a little different. And I have one of my mentors says that, uh, should or should is a could that is layered in shame. Oh, So, you know, all the things that I should have done or I could have done or all, you know, those words, you know, those powerful words that we try in personal development to remove from the vocabulary. So I'm, um, yeah, it's just, it's all a little bit different as the journey continues to unfold. And I think as I've gotten a little bit older, a little bit more mature, and by no means am I like, oh, I'm in my, I'm in my, I'm approaching mid thirties now. I've I've really got it all figured (laughs) out. I'm like, I know nothing. (laughs) I just kidding. I know absolutely nothing. Um, but I'll just say like, I'm, I'm, I'm so down for the unfolding. Right. For this to be a lifelong journey of like, what do I get to learn next? Right. Instead of repressing that voice, getting curious about why it's there yeah. and allowing yourself to go down that rabbit hole. I really appreciate that for people that are listening to this and their ears are perking up about, okay, Alexa had this introduction to kink, introduction to BDSM, wanted more. I think I want more. Where would someone start? Like what was when you started getting your hands on resources or learning more about it? What were you doing? Yeah. So in hindsight, looking back, like a lot of people will not have the series of events that I had. And some people will have the series of events that I had because, you know, I had this as a single person traveling and you know, it just, my experience is different. A lot of the people that we work with now are in committed partnerships or either in a long-term committed partnership in a marriage, some people are dating. And so it's just there, there's, I will just say like my story as an example, there might be some things that resonate for people and for others, it just might be different. And so if I just say very generally, you know, I look back and I pull out the main themes that really could resonate for any person um, we've created a number of resources to help people go within, you know, get, get introspective first and then create language 
uh, and communication skills to be able to actually bring the, the introspection out, you know, the things that they discovered about themselves internally and, um, you know, on a solo, solo journey, bring that out to communicate with friends or a partner or maybe a husband or wife that they've had for X amount of years. Like for some people that is more challenging. Like I've been in a marriage for five, 10, 15 years. How do I start talking about this in this way now when we've been together for so long that I find is for a lot of people so much harder than someone who is dating and is like, how do I, how do I date with this stuff in mind? You know, they, they just have different feels. So I think really it's a, like I mentioned, an introspective journey. So you get to ask yourself, what do you want? And if you don't know, take responsibility for the fact that you don't know. And what does that look like? What is taking responsibility for wanting more and not knowing what the more is? That means educate yourself. So if you don't necessarily know what you want, then what are the options? So you can follow people like myself or people from the Sex and Love Co. team or other sex positive sexual wellness, uh, educators. There's so many online, whether it's, uh, Instagram or YouTube or TikTok, and start absorbing information. So the first piece, then give yourself permission to be curious about yourself, give yourself permission to gain information and then start trying those ideas on, not necessarily the thing, try the idea on, could I see myself in my imagination in this position? doing this thing, yielding a flogger, bowing on my knees, staring into someone's eyes for 10 minutes, deep breathing together, putting something in my butt. Like, could you imagine yourself in those positions, maybe doing all those things in one night, you know, maybe all blindfolded and gagged. It looks like all kinds of different things. Like put yourself in those positions and then track your nervous system, meaning breathe, Think about it, imagine it, and see how you feel. Does shame come up? Do stories come up? Does excitement and turn on come up? Does all of it come up? And just take note of those things. And the things that are mostly exciting to you, turning you on, then those are things that maybe you do want to try. And maybe you don't try it tomorrow. Maybe try it next month. Maybe you try something that's a little bit lighter on the journey to it. Or maybe you do try try it tomorrow, tonight. <laughs> you know, this is permission so, for all of it, guys. Pause yeah. the show if you need. <laughs> so it's it's really you got to start with yourself, and then transition into communicating with others. And if communicating with a partner is too scary at first, find a friend. If a friend is too scary, try a stranger. Because strangers sometimes are. They don't know you. They don't know your background. They don't know. So when I say try a stranger, I mean, tell someone like me, like you don't know me, know me, but you know, I can handle what you're going to deliver. So that means like find sex positive community, find people who do this for a living and find places where you can be open and divulge information and not have that necessarily vulnerability hangover. So your best friend from childhood You might have a great relationship with them and you can absolutely share this information or you might fear judgment or you might not know if they can handle you sharing something that you discovered about yourself. And you may not know that they, you may not know if they might project their own shame onto you. 
So meaning you tell them a piece of information and they're conflicted about how they feel about it. And so they're kind of backwards shaming themselves by throwing that in your direction. That could be a little bit of a mind fuck, but that's something that people can do. So it's really just like take stock of who the people are that you can confide in and start communicating. And maybe that is a partner and you communicate in a non-sexual way over a glass of wine or over breakfast or something. You start the conversations in a non-sexual container or, or way, and then eventually bring it into the bedroom because the only way that you get them more is taking action. Mm, yeah. the I love taking those personal responsibility. And I think that's an especially important message for women. Um, I've talked to plenty of clients. I was in this ballpark for a long time where I was like, well, I don't know what I want. I just, you know, kind of go into an experience and then complain after about what I didn't like about it. There was no action on my part to be like, try this, or I want you to be like this or hold this. And I think that so much of that was my own messaging and my own shame that I didn't know I was allowed to do that. So exactly what you were saying, getting that permission from other people or more than anything, the permission from yourself to even start to talk about it is so powerful. I know that you and Jordan now are so, for those listening, Jordan is Alexa's husband, um, fellow Laker lover and California boy. Um, and this was a whole new world for him when you first met. So when you started communicating those desires to him, two questions, what was coming up in you? And how was it, was it different at all communicating those desires to somebody that could be your forever, right? Could be the one instead of I've been practicing, right? With all of these other people, but now I'm in love with that person. There could be more on the line. This could feel different. What was that like? Uh, It was, well, to the first question, even communicating, actually I'll answer the, the second question first then. Um, it wasn't really any different because I knew that I, I, up to the point that Jordan and I met and were connecting, we were both in a place of desiring long-term partnership of wanting to create foundation with another person, foundation that we could build a life and family with not necessarily something that mimics like a traditional kind of relationship or the things that we learn. And because he grew up with um, grandparents that were pastors of a charismatic Christian church. Mm. So we both have this upbringing that is pretty confusing at times, though our lives, you know, our moms both being married, I think mine five times, I'm pretty sure his maybe four times, our biological fathers leaving at both of, both of us when we were three in both of our lives, remarrying for a, for the, in the next person being for a long time, creating a new family and moving to a different place. So like, there's a lot that when we look at our lives, we're like how it, it's so mirrored. Right. Um, so we have a lot of deep understanding for each other in that way. And so anyway, when we, when we got together, we were in a place of, we want to create foundation and we want to, we want a relationship with the person that we're going to build family, whatever that looks like with each other. And so <clears throat> for me, I was going in already with a lot of personal curiosities around monogamy because I'd been in relationships where I was cheated on. And then I'd been in a relationship where I was the quote unquote cheater, 
you know, so it's, it's and the reasons behind it all were so manageable and figure outable with proper communication. And there was so much that I didn't know that I didn't know at those times. And, you know, and Jordan has his own stories of, you know, being in relationship and it not going a particular way and hiding things and all of that. And, and reservations and all that. And so we just knew we wanted to do things differently. We didn't know what the different was, of course, but it was like, we just don't want to do that. We don't want to create a relationship that is dark, you know, that has dark places in it where we're hiding from each other. It doesn't mean I tell you everything because some things are for me and for me only though. And some things are for my girlfriends, my best girlfriends, and some things are for your best guy friends. Um, But we're not hiding who we are from each other. And so developing that, that connection and having those conversations, we both were in a place of like, we don't know how this is going to unfold, but we know that we want to go into a relationship with this in mind. So uh, then it comes the part where he asked me to be his girlfriend on the way to the airport after the first time uh, he came to New Orleans and visited me. And I I remember just saying, I'm so down. I'm down and I want you to know that I have questions about monogamy and I have questions about not, I have questions about monogamy and how relationship, what relationship style is really best for me. And so I'm, I'm curious and I'm exploring those ideas. And so I want you to know that up front. and I will only be in partnership where we prioritize our sexual development individually and together as a unit we prioritize that just as much, if not more than we prioritize our general personal development. Like it does, it deserves a seat at the table or deserves the head head, of the table. (laughs) And he was like, I don't fully know, know what those things mean, but I'm down. And so we've just been continuing that, that, that uh, agreement. And we both have that wonder, I would say, and by all means, like our, our, or not by all means, but f- for the most part, rather, our relationship looks and feels like a traditional monogamous relationship. But we consider it monogamish, meaning we leave, the, we have consistent conversation about what it would look like to shift dynamics, whether that's for a night, for a couple months, for our relationship, and we check in. So we have these regular check-ins, like, how are you in this space right now? Are you still feeling this particular way? Because we understand we've watched our, especially our, our, the mothers in our lives, change direction and change who they were based on the people that they were dating instead of really being with a person long-term and both of them changing either individually or together and staying in partnership. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to ignore the fact he's going to grow the core of him probably won't change, but he's going to grow. And so am I, how do we make space for that? It it is an active thing that you participate in, I think. So me sharing like kinky things to this, you know, vanilla golden boy from California was very challenging at times. I felt like I had to hide parts of who I was um, because I was afraid that he would feel not enough. Mm. And it didn't really matter how I shared, um, it was going to come up for him regardless. You know, I like a certain thing or I've been in certain situations and because he has no embodied experience of that, nor has he cultivated a turn on for that thing. It feels completely fish out of water. 
it's an act and not an embodied expression for him to deliver something for me. And that feels uncomfortable for me as a receiver. It doesn't feel safe because he's faking it till he makes it basically. And that doesn't feel safe or trustworthy. And so it's like a clashing of just, we are where we are on the journey and over time and patience and lots of communication is tapped into certain energies and dynamics and really understanding the understandings of certain dynamics that, that I really enjoy. And he's developed his own unique turn on and he's, he's cultivating his expression in DS and in kink. And, you know, he, he'd studied Tantra before and tantric energetics and breath work and bioenergetics and all that before we were together. So he at least understands the through line of it all, the presence and the connection, but it's, it's definitely challenging for him at times. Sometimes he feels unimaginative. He doesn't feel creative. Sometimes he feels like he's holding so much. And, uh, and I think at times I'm very challenged by, I can be very challenged by, I want variety mm. and this is not variety right now. I'm just giving to you and giving to you and week by week each, you know, that like, this is really like, this is your flavor of sex and I want more. And so there's just a dance. And as long as we communicate it, it's so far, it's been okay. And as long as we communicate it so far, we both get our needs met. But when we keep it inside, it's the seeds of resentment are built. And I recently heard um, someone shared with me a, a reel of Brene Brown speaking about resentment. And I don't know if you saw it, but it was, uh, she said something to the effect of she asked um, someone else who was a professional and in psychiatry or psychology and just said, for my own personal inquiry, resentment, is it in the family of anger? And the person said, no, people think it's in the family of anger, but it's actually in the family of envy. Mm. So this idea that you could build resentment to the person, let's say Jordan's getting what he wants, but I'm not. So I start to resent him. Actually, I'm envious. Like underneath that is I envy that you are getting what you want and you're asking for the thing and you're getting it and I'm not getting it for myself. I'm not giving that to myself. So I can't be mad at you for the thing that is really within myself. So shifting that language for me, when I heard that, I was like, oh, that just gives me way more opportunity for personal responsibility. And that's the right. only thing I have control over, you know, passing this blame and this judgment or this resentment, even for my original definition over to you it's my, I become the victim. How do I take responsibility? So something I've been recently noodling on. So I've been noodling on my resentment as envy. I love that. Oh yeah. And I think that it, it offers such a different platform for you to start communicating from. Cause like you said, if you're not, if you're giving up the reins of control, even though they're kind of illusionary reins, we're, we're giving them up. Yeah. You, you're going to be stuck doing what you always did. There's no change in that. Um, maybe a lot of complaining, but I think that this conversation has given so much permission for people to get curious about what's going on inside. And then the next step is how do I communicate that with somebody? If you had a tool or somewhere that people could go or talk to you or your team or anything like that. Um, they hear all of this and they're really excited to go do it. But even hearing something like flogger, oh, I don't know what that is. How would I know to look up? But I don't know if I don't know. 
where would you go to start that curiosity journey? Mm. So we have some awesome free resources that can help get your, I'll use the word noodling again, your noodling is going, (laughs) your imagination uh, sparked, your creativity sparked. Uh, And so at sexandlove.co, we have a whole resources section and there's a bunch of freebies that are on there. And one of them is a want, will, won't list, which is by far our most utilized tool. And so if you you know, depending on when you go to download it, we're consistently going back and upgrading it and adding new things. It's over 300 questions at this point. And it asks you, do you want something? Will you do a thing? Or is it absolutely no? And the want is a fuck yes. I want that. I know I want that. Please put me in a vacuum, suck all the air out of it. Put me in latex. Like, you know, that's, that's extreme or kiss, please kiss me on my neck you know, or yes, please. Mutual masturbation, mutual self-pleasuring. Yes. I definitely want that. Or is it a, no, I don't want that thing. I will not do that thing. I do not want to be placed in a vacuum seal pack, you know, pack with the, <laughs> with the air sucked out of it. That's like a more of an extreme, uh, kind of kink there. I do not want to be bitten. I do not want to whatever. And it even has the body part. I do not want to be bitten on the neck, on the butt, on the testicles. We don't want to be bitten on the vulva. So those are the won'ts. You absolutely will not do that. And then the will is in the middle. And that does not stand for maybe. Will is an indifference. But you will do it. And you will do it enthusiastically if your partner wants it, really wants it. So it's one of those. Um, Because I don't let's put maybes in the no category for now. Or if the maybe is leaning more towards the yes, then consider what context needs to be set and what scenario needs to be around you in order for that to be a fuck yes. And if you can't get to a fuck yes with that thing, then just put it in the no. Because there's so much you can do. Why entertain the things that are maybes or won'ts? There's so much that you can play with in the wants. So start there. You can take a quiz called the erotic blueprint quiz that helps you with your erotic language and tells you kind of like the love languages, you know, gifts, acts of service, words of affirmation, physical touch. It's like those things are, which a lot of people know the love languages, which is another quiz you can take. Um, And that's how people like to give and receive love. There's another one um, called the erotic blueprints that is more like your love languages for your sex life. It's like your blueprint to your turn on and it helps give you language to explain why you are turned on by some things and turned off by other things so as an example jordan is a sexual blueprint which means he likes sex in all its forms right now touches genitals right away jump him in the kitchen pull him into the extra bedroom quickies he just sex he just likes all the sex he likes boobs he likes butts he likes he just likes it (laughs) <laughs> I, on the other hand, am like, whoa, 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 where's the buildup? I like energetic, which means I like anticipation. I like the slow boil. I like to be eye fucked from across the room before you come and touch me. So he's had to learn that about me, but it was hard for him to learn that unless I could communicate it. And if I only know, whoa, this is too much and you're all over me and just give me some time, that makes, you know, if I only know that language, 
And he thinks, well, but I want intimacy from you. And his version of intimacy is going straight for a boob grab. We're not on the same page. So we're giving and receiving our, our intimacy and our sexual language and just like, we're just not speaking the same language. So when he can preemptively do the things that he knows will enroll me, then he's more likely to get the things that he really wants. And when I'm feeling up for giving him his blueprint, then I'll do what I did yesterday. I pulled him in the extra bedroom and I immediately pulled his pants down and was like, here we go. And yeah. Like later in the night, l- night we were cuddling on the couch and he was like, I want more of that. I was like, you got it, babe. And I was like, and I want more of being fucked with over text while I'm at the grocery store, you know, where it's like, when you get home, dot, dot, dot. The next time you touch the salad in the cart, I want you to think of dot, dot, dot. Like I'm more in that place, but his brain just, his brain and his turn on doesn't work like that. So you can take an erotic blueprint assessment and leverage that language in your relationship. And then on the kinkier side, there's another quiz. I love quizzes and assessments. We love like, quizzes. How do I know? How do I know this about me? Here's a quiz, cleverly crafted. Um, there's one called the BDSM test, bdsmtest.org. And it will test your kinky. And so it's another thing. There's, you don't have to do anything with it right away, but it would be fun to do it. And then exchange what your assessment is with your partner and then talk about it. And talk about it in a light, like maybe for a walk when you're going for a walk or when you're at the park or over coffee, when the stakes are low and you talk about it in a, you know, bring this sexual conversation into more places than the bedroom for sure. So that you can maybe lose some of the tension that you might have around it and you can create more space and breath around that conversation. So those are amazing resources to start. And then of course you want to progress, go to workshops that are in your area, join groups that are on maybe Facebook or, um, or mighty networks or discord or something like that online where you're around other people who are curious like you and you go, Oh, I'm not alone. And that feeling is really, really lovely. The feeling of I'm not alone because you aren't whoever is listening, wherever you're at on this journey, you are so not alone and When you choose to be supported first and foremost by yourself and then others who are maybe just a little further in the journey, everything changes. Everything changes. You don't have to carry that burden. You can let it go. And other people can go, hey, I'm going to help you take that off your shoulders. Take that off your back. Now let's sit and let's learn together. And it really, really, really is special. Oh, mic drop. We're all looking for community and Alexa has honestly directly and indirectly helped me find that, that communication, that community. Um, Bryn has been on the hand, the show a handful of times. So I just sit here and selfishly get to talk to all the sex and love co staff and <laughs> community that I want to. I'm so grateful for being able to do that. Oh my goodness. If people are moved by this as much as I was, where do they find you? Where do they connect? How do they work with you and find what's going on? Oh my gosh. Easy, easy. Just find me on Instagram and then you can, you know, we can guide you from there. And, and I'll say that my, my relationship is, and I, I, I believe this, I speak about this very publicly, like my relationship with my now husband is one of, if not the greatest achievement of my life. 
and, and in, in perpetuity, it's a continual thing that I get to, to be active with as far as keeping it in that spot of this is my greatest achievement in life. Um, what's underneath that is probably the sex and love co team, how they are, how they develop my role in their lives and the work that we do all together is so damn special. And whether you're listening and you decide to follow me on Instagram and that's all that you do, then my hope is that there's a little nugget here or there that lands for you. And that, you know, nugget will turn it into a seed. Now the seed is then planted and very slowly takes root and blossoms in your life in little or big ways. And then if you find yourself on our Instagram, you go to the link in my bio and then you find the resource page and maybe you take that step. Maybe you listen to our show, you know, our show, it gets pretty spicy, you know, but we talk about everything from aphrodisiacs and diet to cultivating, you're creating your first gangbang. So it's all over the map. Um, so if it's that amazing, and should you choose to participate in one of our programs, like own your orgasm with Bryn couples goals, which is a couples program that my husband and I lead, um, or even an in-person experience that's, um, possibly around Austin, we'd be so grateful and honored to be a part of your journey. So just find us on Instagram and then we can help guide you from there. Uh, Alexa, thank you so much. I'll put all of that in the show notes. So appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you.